0: hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the royal strong podcast we are very excited to be with you because we get to smash things including the BYU football team we get the we get to rant, we get to cry, we get to yell, we get to scream, we get to get kicked out of our homes and get the cops called on us because we were yelling so hard because of how bad BYU sucks. We are going to review the BYU Liberty football game. It's going to be funny and you will not want to miss it. We are also reviewing a beautiful, beautiful week 8 of college football. Make sure you don't miss it. Before we get into the episode though, we want to give you a quick reminder to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at loyal RoyalPod. Follow Jared on Twitter, at JaredBuckeye, and Dan, at
1: DanielBradford underscore, I
2: think. Question mark. I <laughs> <That> was
1: confident. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's boo. No Tigers. But that field judge on the far
3: side is in
4: their pocket, man. Don't that's
3: that, judge! <laughs> let's back this bullet. <laughs> <laughs> let's, go this. let's go wild, man. Let's, let's go. <laughs>
2: We're at a waterfall, dude.
1: We put his butt down here. Go, 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 The best podcast.
3: Woo, baby. You gotta love it. Again, the best podcast for the not best team. But the best podcast is the emphasis
1: there. And also emphasis on not best team. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was made very clear on Saturday. We'll talk about that later. Let's let's talk about some others that way now. Yeah, let's get a few things out of the way. Just like as if you're doing some things like decorating with. Fake spider webs. Oh, oh okay. You know, Halloween, spooky season. Some people would call that housekeeping. We're going to do some of that right now. Okay. Okay. I do like some good old housekeeping. Let's get into it. First thing is going to be your favorite, our favorite, <laughs> proper. 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 football. Proper football. It? Proper in it, first of all, BYU women's soccer team are continuing their good run of form. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat Pepperdine on Wednesday, and then on Saturday, very cold, rainy, slash, sleety, slash, snowy <laughs> night, they beat Gonzaga two to one, which is an impressive win. Can I just say this? I don't know a lot about proper football,
0: but uh, I understand how a cougar plays soccer. You know, it has legs; it kicks things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand even. How a bulldog plays it, though its legs are rather short. Yeah. How does a pepperdine wave do anything?
2: Hmm.
1: Tsunamis. Ah. good answer. Is that, does is that, that count? It's like a hurricane
0: tsunami thing, and it throws
3: the ball like or sharks yeah. NATO, it, Technically, right? Sh- instead of sharks, it's just football
1: NATO. Proper football,
3: football, oh, like football NATO. I like that. Oh and my let's,
1: goodness. Let's back out of NATO, shall we? <laughs> Um, uh, Daniel,
3: you were at the game (laughs) on Saturday. Oh, yes. yes, How were the weather conditions?
1: Because it was quite soggy, as one might say. soggy, isn't it? Soggy and cold and wet.
0: Soggier than my beans on my toast in the morning. Probably not quite that soggy. but
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Gonzaga are still number three in the conference, despite this loss. Uh, So a great win. We have probably the biggest game left next Saturday against Santa Clara, senior night. Oh, Final fine. Four rematch. They're currently number one in the conference.
3: And that game beat them. is Saturday at home.
1: Yes. There's no
3: reason you should not be at that game. There's no BYU football game that day. Come and attend and support the Lady Cougs of BYU's proper football team. Yep. Also, in the literal sense, the proper football team that yeah. is not losing games abysmally to teams that are three years old. Fair enough. Uh, Moving on to some semi-real football. you know We're
0: not quite to the real stuff quite yet. We're going to talk about the NFL. You guys know how we feel about that thing. Sorry, Elliot. I know you're listening to this. And yes, the NFL does suck. We're going to talk about some Cougs in the pros. First up, let's talk about Zach Wilson. He did not have a career day. Went 16 of 26 for 121 yards, zero touchdowns. But most notably, zero interceptions as well. Yes. I will say, though, he did blatantly miss, like, five wide receivers in a row. But <laughs> they got the win. They have won four games straight. The Jets
3: are a sneaky, if I'm not mistaken, 5-2. You know? Yes. Did you ever think you would get to a point in the season where the Jets had a better record than the BYU Cougars? Nope. Never. Nope. I never did I ever. Never crossed
0: my mind. They literally play seven more games, or sorry, I guess five more games. And I would have never guessed that the Jets would have had more wins than the Cougars. But here we
3: are. <laughs> yeah. Disregarding record, they have more wins outright. And they've played a week less than we have. Yep. That's wild. Um, but they are 4-0 with Zach. But they did lose Brees Hall. Brees mm-hmm. Hall was literally basically their entire offense because Zach Wilson kind of sucks. But he doesn't suck enough. Wow. Don't Justin worry, Fields though. Justin Fields is on fire, everyone. He threw the ball Not this really. time. Oh Not really. He's on water because it's a swamp. Oof. Anyway, um, I feel bad for the Jets because they can never have any ray of light. Yeah, I like Brees Hall tears his ACL after going off the season. I don't know. It's just sad. Do not
0: fret though; they did get a running back from the touted uh, talent farm, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, hey. Uh, They got a uh, running back, James Robinson, from the Jaguars for a fifth round pick.
3: Where did he okay. play in college?
0: No, nope. no clue at all. Okay, uh, interesting.
1: Next, we are up. all
3: looking it up. <laughs>
1: James Robinson. Let's see. Illinois State. Ah. All right. Okay.
3: Shout out to the FGR, Certified. Interesting. All right. Next.
1: next, Let's move on. Tyler Algier. Uh, He was the leading rusher for the Atlanta Falcons this weekend. Mm. And he had his first rushing touchdown.
3: Clap it up for Tyler. Good for Boy, him. do we miss him! Yeah, it was a
0: sad touchdown when they were already down like three scores. But hey, yeah. you got it.
3: A touchdown is a touchdown. A touchdown's so a counts. touchdown. mm mm-hmm. uh, Taysom was another notable one. It was two of two for 48 yards passing, three yards or three rushing for nine yards, one catch for three yards in Thursday night football loss.
1: Doing it all. Taysom,
3: like the Saints play better when Taysom's on the field. Am I wrong? Um, I, think, I, I think. Yes. So. He's I forget. Kind of a
1: highlight factory. Anytime
3: do he plays. play or touches the ball on a drive new orleans scores way more than if when they don't give him the ball or he doesn't touch the ball like it was it was silly he was touching the ball and they went up like 16 to 10 then he didn't touch the ball and they went to like a 36 to 10 in the opposite direction streak so i don't take that for what you will
0: i actually don't know if you saw this post but they actually did quantitate that and i forget what the exact numbers are so i'm going to butcher this but look it up for me uh, I think the Saints score on about 62% of the drives in which Taysom touches the football. And drives where he does not touch the football, they score somewhere in the neighborhood of 38% of drives. Wow. That's what we've been
3: saying. That's all you need to know, Saints. Uh, Anyway, uh, Freddie, obviously, leading the, the 49ers in tackles most, mm-hmm. most weeks. But they did play Andy Reid, who... Is a serial killer. He is still very, very, very good uh, with Patty Mahomes there. BYU alum. And then uh, Jamal, to finish things off, 15 carries for 79 yards. Uh, He's on the Lions, so that is sad for him. He really needs a new team. Yes, he does. Um, (laughs) This is the last year of his contract. Okay. I I know he loves Detroit, but... The Jets. Put him on the uh Jets. Uh Replace Brees Hall with Jamal Williams. I would love that. that. His trade stock is going up. Hashtag super team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Just get all, like, trade
0: for Dax Milne, too. Actually, are Dax Milne and Zach Wilson still beefing? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, this yeah. is football.
3: That's true. You lay your life aside. Between as the lines, it doesn't we'll, matter. We'll get to later um, with some other things. Um, but One last bit of housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Yes. Danny Connell, not our Danny. No. Of course not. Not Ty. A dumb Danny. Uh, Danny uh, CBS guy, and Joel Klatt. Fox guy, uh oh, they got into a little Twitter spat this morning. Love it about basically what it all boils down. It was a little more convoluted than this, but it basically boiled down to Danny Kanell in the ACC versus Joel Klatt in the Big Ten. So, which one are you taking first? Let's do the commentators second, the conference, and if we need to, we can go to the pair. But I think we'll all be pretty one side on this. I just want to get your guys' take.
0: So you're talking about the commentators first. Are we talking like hand to hand combat? Are we taking like Like knives? Are we talking like pistols, revolvers, shotguns? What what are we talking? Let's say they each have a nail gun. They each have a nail gun. Oh my word. But there's only one plug. I see. Ah. I'm going to go with Danny Cannell on this one just because he is an ex NFL QB and he's one of those ex NFL QBs that advocates for less QB safety Mm. uh, rules. So that's pretty cool. Uh, He's got some edge to him. Joel Klatt, I don't know if he ever played football, but to me, he could. Quarterback for Colorado. Look well, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me at all because I was gonna say he seems like a like Sounds a about right. bad little baby. He seems like a little baby. Little baby wham wham wham. You're gonna cry because the nail gun scares you, wham wham. So give me Danny Cano
1: Okay. <laughs> I personally don't care for either of these guys. Um both of them have been on my blacklist for one reason or another.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Blatant coverage of only the Eastern Seaboard football.
3: Yes. They're clueless. About the game. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, let's go to uh, the Big Ten versus ACC. Who are we taking in this one?
1: Oh, yeah. That was probably like the actual real question in the beginning. Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you think, Dan? This is a hard one. The ACC has the gem that is the state of North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Duke-UNC. Fair, fair. Besides fair. that, I don't care for the conference. <laughs> okay. Um, the Big Ten has the gem that is... I was offense. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is just Kirk and Brian Ferrance. A, a spectacle. Something you'll never see anywhere else. I think they should get a lot of that would increase their value in a big way, I think. <laughs> Truly. Uh, okay. Um,
3: that did not go where I expected it to, but that was a great discussion. I really liked it. Thank you.
2: Thank
0: you. <laughs> I will say I hate Clemson. Clemson sucks. Clemson literally gets walked. Hand-in-hand with the refs through every single game. Syracuse got screwed. Danny Connell is such an ACC homer just because he was on Florida State when it was good and he had Bobby Bobby Bowden as a coach. Sure, that's cool and all, but guess what? The ACC sucks nuggets now. They suck more than a Dyson vacuum. They suck more than Brigham Young University football. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not get too crazy. Language, language. So, give me...
3: What is going on? Liberty on or Give You Death? Oh, okay. I, is, we that chose death. is that a segue? Is <laughs> that a segue? That is a segue. That's a segue. So, uh, I debated uh, that we just didn't talk about this and pretended like BOU had a bye week. <laughs> um, but I think we have to. I think we're contractually obligated all the many dollars that the taxpayers are giving us to run this program. <laughs> a lot of them. Um, yes. uh, we, we are forced, handcuffed to talk about this it, it's almost Iowa offense-esque.
2: Oh, goodness. It is a spectacle, yes. man. You said it best. That's ass. true.
3: That's true. So, BYU, in case you missed it, BYU did play a football game. Well, it did. Well, well I debatable. would go that far. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Let's start there, then. They, they were on a play. football field. They started a football game. <laughs> true. We were up 14-3 to 3 at the end of the first quarter. How are you guys feeling
1: in that moment in time specifically? i feeling pretty good, you know. We ride the ship season's good we can win out go to the same bowl game as no matter how many times we win but still win out's great i was feeling okay you know it it wasn't feeling incredible but i was feeling okay you know we got an interception
0: our offense is putting points on the board we had a terrible three and out in the first drive i posted a poll on instagram saying was anybody surprised and i think it was 92 percent of people said they would have bet their mortgage on that happening (laughs) so uh yeah that shows how much faith we have in the Cougs. Three and out factory. Oh, after yes. that, though, <laughs> the other team was given liberty and we were given death.
3: Uh, yes. Um, after the first quarter, I was this nasty pit in my stomach. Mm. You know, when you're like, um, you're on the Tower of Terror. Okay. And. You are sitting with a family member that will remain nameless, okay. who is peeing themselves before the ride even starts, Okay, because they know what's coming. Quite that awesome. was me in this moment. Hmm. We rate? were up 14 to okay. 3, and I was peeing myself because I knew what was coming. And, relatable, it did come. 38 yes. unanswered points from the Liberty Flames, who have been a football program in the FBS for three years, mind you. 2018 was their first year as an FBS program. And they ran all 38 straight. Offense didn't score again. We barely got onto the other side of the 50, like maybe twice, I think. Um, Yeah, this was probably one of the worst games, one of the worst, like, narratives that I've seen in my lifetime as a BYU football fan. Like, because of how highly this team came into the season, um, because we were hyped, we were ranked 12th. Like, it was all uphill from there, right? We could have lost one game and still made a New Year's Six bowl, um, and now look at us, fourteen to forty-one against the Liberty Flames. Hugh Freeze, the stripper caller, yeah, at a Baptist University, it almost seems like a joke. And you lost forty-one to fourteen. I don't. It was it was something else. Um, I don't know. We'll get into it, but uh, I let's just your knee-jerk reaction to the loss. Mine was kind of the Pedro Pascal meme where he's laughing and starts to cry and <laughs> st- says stop. That that was yeah cool. yeah
0: fair enough. Uh, I did a little bit of analysis on this actually. Mm, okay. this is, quite, not quite a knee jerk if you're doing the anal- okay. A full analysis
3: after letting it stew perhaps. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: I logged on the Twitter. Ooh, which is an extreme idea. amount of research.
3: That's like just opening up the pit of tar. That's 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 yeah.
0: bad. At least I wasn't cougar board. Anyway, true. <laughs> I saw a post from BYU Uniform Tracker mm. where it was saying our record in each of the uniforms that we have worn this year. Okay. I noticed a common theme amongst all four of our losses. Uh-oh. Well, three of our four losses. Bad losses, too. Yes. First of <laughs> all, just losses. We took a loss wearing a blackout uniform.
3: We can all agree that the blackouts are cursed, right? Uh, during the day when you're an away team? Probably. Safe curse. to say. Automatic curse. Yeah. Fair enough. Other
0: than that, cue the music. <laughs> New curse just dropped. Yeah, <laughs> there is a new curse for the Brigham Young University football team, and it is white jerseys with royal numbers in our three losses versus Oregon, versus the freaking Liberty freaking Flames. Okay, I'm, I'm not even gonna keep list, listing off names because I'm gonna get too emotional. Yeah, Arkansas, Arkansas, um,
1: white jerseys with royal numbers. How do you yeah. feel about that? I feel like that's kind of sad because I like that combination. Yeah, it's a good combination. One of our, it's probably our best white jersey, the royal numbers. I
3: think we could agree, yeah. But yeah. it's
1: time to burn them violently. Yeah, and never oh.
4: think about them again.
3: Violently, yes, indeed. <laughs> I agree, Daniel. Uh, here are my thoughts on the uniforms. They were cool when we were winning football games. Yeah. Uh, now that we're losing football games. Anytime I just hear the word uniform, it makes me want to vomit in my mouth. Yeah,
1: yeah. Back at that.
3: I, we Back. do not deserve. We're like Oregon at this point, right? We don't deserve all of the flash and flame around our program. We don't deserve these uniforms. We don't deserve to wear royal. I say that we force the team to wear the bib uniforms from the two thousands mm. until they win a, fo- fo- a until they win a football game. We even considered on my sports analyst chat with my uncles and cousins, we even considered making them play nude until oh. they win a football game. Wow. Okay. The coaches as well have to play nude. Oh. Now, I don't think that would go so well coming out of the gate, but here's my proposition. Every time you miss a tackle, make a bad play call. Anytime Jaron Hall throws the ball where it's not supposed to go. You get a testicle cut off. Oh. I was just going to say you lose a piece of clothing oh. or equipment. So oh. like, I thought they were naked though. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, the naked thing wouldn't go over with Tom Homo, like, right away, right? Okay. So you yeah, just have them stripped down as the game goes along. I see. Yes. I see. Strip Exa- football. Yes. Exactly. You, like, yeah. strip poker. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm so sick and tired of us thinking of these uniforms and, like, focusing on I used to be the biggest, we as a whole, I think, used to be the biggest, like, uniform proponents. Yep. I'm oh, yeah. sick of it. I don't want to hear a word about it. This team does not deserve to have clothes on their back. They have not earned it. Fair enough?
1: Yeah. I don't have much else to add about the uniforms, I think. <laughs> like Jared said, if you're winning, you know, do whatever you want with the uniforms. If not, just focus on winning games first besides <laughs> getting all cute with the uniforms. Those are my thoughts on that. Next thing I want to talk about is... Our defense. Oh god! Oh no! no Dan's going straight for the please. jugular. I just—I yeah. have one thing to say. Okay, Let's here. Just, just one. Just—it's more of a therapy session I feel like than okay. you know, a productive discussion. I'm going to read off Liberty's <laughs> scoring drives. Oh no! So first we had our infamous opening game three. Now classic. Pinned them on the 12-yard line. You know, pretty uh-huh. good punt. Hey Rico, nice. running again. Solid play? punt. They went on and. 84-yard, 11-play drive, <laughs> and kicked a field goal. Okay. And then, you know, we held them. We got that interception. Mm. And then they went on an 11-play again, 75-yard touchdown drive. Yikes. Okay. And by that time, we already had 14 points. So, you know the rules. No scoring for the rest of the game. Yep. <laughs> um, and then they had a 13-play, 80-yard touchdown drive that oh lasted God. seven minutes. <laughs> And then, going into halftime, they had an 8-play, 43-yard drive for a field goal. And then they open up the second half, get a touchback, go on a (laughs) 12-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. And then the next one, after we had a 4-and-out, they switched it up. It was an 80-yard drive, but... It's only one play. <laughs> Day-Day Hunter ran 80 yards for a touchdown. And then they had a fumble, another eight-play touchdown drive. They did have a three and out once. Oh! Yeah. And then, end of the game. So <laughs> wait, the wait hold, on, hold on, hold on. The was three that was three and out straight. immediately followed by us turning it over on downs? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, because we had... How many times did we go for on fourth down in this game?
3: Uh, quite a few, actually. actually.
1: So sorry, at least three. Yeah, go to the team oh, yeah. stats. We're zero for three. Yep. Incredible. Quite a few of those. So, I mean, we've talked about our defense in previous episodes. Anemic. Mm, that's a good way to put um, it. Incontinent. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. All, all the fun ways to describe it. Very bad. What's the opposite of staunch? Mm, flimsy. Lindsay, you know? Yeah, floppy, floppy, soggy.
0: Floppy, soggy defense.
3: It's diuretic.
0: Yeah. While we're going on rants, I got something to go on rant about. Okay, you know what?
3: This is our group therapy it's session. This says. Like let's just Let's just have it out with the listeners. Let's just
1: get yeah. it all off our chest.
0: Let me paint you a picture. Hmm. We're down 20 points.
2: Okay.
1: okay. Not 27 points.
0: Not good. Jaron Hall tries to throw a ball away. But his shoulder, his hurt shoulder that are that the coaches refuse to admit that is hurt and will never play Jacob Conover because we don't trust him and because we are just a terribly run program. Um, sorry. Oh, that was a little too far. Anyway, uh, th- tries to throw the ball away, but instead the ball gets intercepted.
3: Uh, yes, I will push back on that it was a throwaway um, because he was on the other hash mark. Mm-hmm. And it went – so, like, either that's a dumb throwaway or he was trying to throw it to a receiver. Either way, Both. it was picked off. Both. Yes, it
0: was picked off, despite what the
3: replay you. 100% pick. It was
0: picked off. There was no yeah. way that's not a pick. Anyway, it's getting reviewed, right? <laughs> and it pans over the Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua on the sideline. And uh, uh, Jacob Conover as well. How do you think their spirits might be being down 20 and having thrown an interception?
3: Let me revisit this picture you've painted. So BYU's down 20. Yes. To Liberty University. Yes. Uh, like deep in the third quarter, and we just throw a pick. Yes. Yep. Uh, I would say worried, concerned, angry, frustrated, um, like killing murder in the eyes, like just wants nothing more than to go back, get out on the field, play reversed, go score a touchdown, get back in the game. You'd like to think that, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would expect. Instead... They were laughing.
0: They were smiling. They were having a good time, joking around like they didn't care. Like they didn't care that they were down 20 on national television to the Liberty University Flames who have been in FBS program for three freaking years, as we have said multiple times. That right there is the embodiment of what is wrong with our program. There is no competitive fire on this team. We go down and we don't give a rat's A about it. We are just la- as long. Hey guys, as, as long as we're uh, learning and loving on the sideline, right? No, mm-hmm. freak you! Win a football game. That's a, that's something to love. Winning a football game and actually having some competitive fire to you. Where's Jaron Hall rallying the troops, getting the guys together, getting in people's faces, telling people to play better, telling himself he needs to play better, and winning the freaking football game? Where is that? Where is that? I, I,
3: he doesn't have it. He doesn't that's what have it. Is. <laughs>
1: The most
0: fiery thing we saw on the sideline was when the camera panned over the Kalani Satake who <laughs> dropped an F-bomb on national oh. television.
1: <laughs> that was a fun and moment.
0: That was a fun moment. And that was not a fiery F-bomb. That was a sad F-bomb.
1: Yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah, that was like... That, he was just kind of disappointed, like... Yeah. Defeated.
3: Like, shoot, I might not have my job in January F-bomb kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that is the reason that I now... Am 100% off the Jaren wagon. Me too. Mm. I, We were all bamboozled, let us stray, <laughs> run amok. <laughs> I don't even know what else he said. Hoodwinked. <laughs> 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 <you hear> <laughs> winked. That Oregon game, we thought he had it. No. I'm sorry. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what the context is. Like, I saw this post on Twitter that had that picture. I remember in the moment, we were like... Jaren, why are you laughing? Saw it on Twitter, people also saying the same thing. Gunnar Romney in the background is like the most stone faced, like, I wish that I could be on this field so I could slap some cheeks around. Oh, and yeah. Jerem Puka and Conover are all joking. Um, and people were like, come on, there's got to be underlying circumstances there. There must be more context. And I'm like, circle the score in the bottom right hand corner. Third quarter, down 20 to Liberty. And you just threw a pick. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. That's all the context you need.
3: Yep. That is the difference between Cam Rising and Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall may be a better passer, maybe have, has better talent, m- like more maturity. But the reason Cam Rising is a better quarterback, and I'm saying it hands down now. I used to fight this battle for Jaron Hall. Cam Rising is a better quarterback. Yep. Okay. And we saw it in the USC game. He literally put the team on his shoulders, slapped their cheeks around, and— willed himself into the end zone on two-point conversion and then screamed all effing day while, like, flexing into the camera. You know what Jaron Hall would have done in that situation? Sat in the pocket for ten seconds, taking a sack. Nope. Then got up and somehow kissed his
0: child afterward. Yeah. It's I don't know. Disgusting.
3: Not, not to rant on Jaron, but I'm just saying it's, it's a symptom of a larger disease, I think. Yes. And I think that's where we were program. going next, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not just Jaron. Like, we can single out him and Puka and everything. That was just the face of this disease that's, it's like the cough with COVID, right? It's, Mm. it's the face that everybody recognizes. This program is built on a love and learn principle that while it seems fine, like doctrinally, like it seems like a good idea. And I I agree. Like if you're BYU and that's what you want to do, then that's fine. But on a football program, that's not going to win you games. That's not going to get you to an eight win, 10 win season. Like To play college football, you need a little bit. I know my uncles are going to hate to hear this. You need a little bit of fear and anger on the sideline. Heck yes, you do. I'm sorry. This is college football. Uh, Nick Saban was up 30-0 with 20 seconds left. And what is he doing? He is screaming at the refs and his players. And the players are slapping each other in the face mask saying, don't do that stupid thing. They didn't say stupid. But that's like the kind of fire that you need in a college football program. Obviously, we're never going to be Alabama. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying in order to win football games, you need that fire. Like Dan said, you need that fire and aggression in order to be competitive and have a good college football team. You
1: know what it reminds me of? What, Daniel? No Fun League. Oh! There's one fun player. His name is Taylor Heineke. Oh. The Washington Commanders were down, I don't know, 14-3 to 3 or something to the Packers. You know, the, the Solid Packers. team. Aaron yeah. Rodgers, one of the best ever. Solid team. He wills his team back in a comeback win. And then after the game, he was standing on one of the benches, screaming into the crowd, <laughs> shouting. One of his teammates stole a cheese head and was running around with it. <laughs> BYU just doesn't have that energy no nope. and i think the le- the love and learn thing i'm not saying it's you know just all in all bad option get rid of it forever but there has to be more than just loving and learning you know mm-hmm. there's got to be you got to sometimes help people learn and in a way that may not seem loving at first but is more loving because you know it's for their benefit
3: right
0: i absolutely agree And I'm going to throw some doctrine at the coaches, just because uh, that seems to be what they respond to at this point in time. Doctrine. Uh, Here's a quote by Elder David A. Bednar for you. Mm, The Bednar. Oh, okay. Open quote. A principle that is hard to hear, but that resonates as true. When we fail to give needed correction or counsel, it is because we are thinking of ourselves. We normally think, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings. That's really not true. You just want to be liked. And the reason I'm not going to tell you what needs to be said is because I don't want to be viewed negatively or fall into disfavor. It is far more loving to appropriately provide correction and counsel than it is to duck the issue. End quote. Wow. If you wanna love and learn, then freaking teach. There can be no learning without teaching. There can be no teaching without getting down into the trenches with your players, yelling in their faces when they need it because this is football. This is an emotional game. Nick Saban does it and you know what? Nick Saban does it, guess what? That's why out. he's the freaking GOAT, because he knows how the coach football games. Maybe take a lesson
3: Get or two. Out. Yes. Now, and I 100% agree. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors with the coaches. But what these symptoms would uh, insinuate... Insinuate? Look at that word. Good word. Big word. Well yeah, a big done. word, well man. Um, would insinuate is that there's too much uh, loving and not enough learning. Mm, Something see. that gives me hope. Puka, in his press briefing today, said that they did a morning lift uh, all together as a team. I don't know if that's normal, but he made a point of saying that it was all together, so it makes me think that that is not normal. Um, and he said that there was a lot of energy in the room. He said it was good energy. Now, Puka we mentioned in the laughing on the sidelines thing, right? Uh, but he said here that in the locker room, or in the weight room this morning, he said... I wouldn't necessarily say the word love, but there is learning. Ha ha ha, there is love and learning, but love has many different forms. So that does give me hope that at least somebody, maybe it's just the players, I don't know. Um, Tyler Batty was almost in tears in his post-game interview because he was so frustrated with the performance. Um, so it could be coming from players or coaches, but that gives me hope, right? That, that they've kind of taken it upon themselves like, hey – this is a great culture that we're building, but we do need to put our foot down when we're not getting the results that we need to. And the last three games have been a clear indication that we are not getting what we need or even want to.
0: Mm-hmm. And apparently yeah. one of those vocal leaders that you were talking about is Puka Nakua himself. Ryan Raykow said in his little interview, first of all, why is the punter getting interviewed? That's, That's a, a good question. Of Interesting. He said that Puka, quote, hit everything on the nose, end quote, in his post-game speech. So apparently Puka is speaking up, as you mentioned previously before, Jared, Tyler Batty also mentioned among the vocal leaders of the team by Ryan Uh Reichau.
1: Yeah, we, we need people to step up and lead and teach this team how to be competitive and how to, you know, scratch and claw and bite your way to a win no matter the circumstances. Maybe a guy like Tyler Batty, maybe Puka Nakua learned his lesson while he was laughing in the sideline and you know he'll help the team do that but it seems like we don't have enough of that in general which is kind of what we've been saying this whole time and some of those especially the coaches i feel like some of their press conference answers just kind of they are just so like boring and (laughs) unimpassioned do they rub you the wrong way daniel they do (laughs) they just it seems like they just i don't know they're not emotionally invested Mm-hmm.
3: They rub me like sandpaper toilet paper. Ooh, ouch. Have you ever used sandpaper toilet paper? Because I can't say that I have, but it seems like an unpleasant experience.
0: Imagine doing that, using sandpaper toilet paper, but after eating Asian zing buffalo no! wings the Ooh. night before. That is the feeling of listening to these
1: press conferences. Yeah. That is quite painful, I must say. <laughs> um, one more thing that Coach A-Rod said. Mm. Good. So that I have a rebuttal for Ooh, Ooh. I'd like to hear this okay. Here's okay. what he said Debate team This game was not about scheme I want to make that clear This game had nothing to do with scheme This play had to do with our mindset And how to handle adversity Now, we've all been saying The mindset needs to change Agreed But about the scheme A-Rod is the offensive coordinator I have some offensive nuggets Ooh. Oh, Shall we? Yes Guess who our leading rusher was in terms of carries. Uh, <laughs> I want to say Puka? Not Puka. Not Puka? Nope. Is it Houston Hamuli?
0: Hey oh, wait. We got him in the transfer wait. portal and <laughs> haven't used him a single no. freaking play since. <laughs>
1: He's fake. It was Jaren Hall. Oh. Five carries for Jaren Hall. Oh, I'm an injured, th- uh, wait, what? I'm sorry. What, that Five. Was, that was our leading Five carries? Five carries? More carries than anyone else. <laughs> our second leading Carrier was Pukunuku. Okay, so we got a quarterback with five, a wide receiver with four carries. Our two people who ran the ball more than anyone else. Then we had Chris Brooks, our you know seemingly first string running back, who got three carries all game in a game we scored fourteen points in.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: Clearly that doesn't work, Arod. That is a scheme problem, nothing else.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with Dan on this one. A-Rod, you call the same damn five plays over and over again. It's a jet sweep to puka, it's a run straight up the freaking middle, it's an option play, or it's a long developing route that will take 15 seconds for a wide receiver to get open and which Jaron Hall gets sacked. Those for are literally the four options or the one time a game you throw it to Isaac Rex over the middle for 20 yards. Th- those are your only five options. You do it over and over and over again. Of course the defense is going to figure it out, you
3: numbskull. Yeah. Uh, so I would argue, in rebuttal to your rebuttal, then, I'm playing oh, devil's advocate. No. Devil's advocate. Yeah. Uh, this is not coming from me. This is just coming from devil's advocate, the mask that I'm putting on. Okay, I see. Um, we got Lopini Katoa and Miles Davis back, by the way. Just throwing that out there for the first time, didn't use them at all. Actually, they had three combined carries, but three combined. (laughs) Yes. Um, my rebuttal would be, but Daniel, we lost the game forty-one to fourteen. We were obviously down for a lot of the game, so we couldn't run ourselves back into the game. We couldn't pass ourselves back into the game either. (laughs) (laughs) We also had a fourteen to three lead at one point, so you could have started taking the ball out of the air, out of the ball. Then you could have started running. Then I don't know.
0: I will say, I'll, I'll play real devil's advocate on this okay. one. As much as we want to hate A-Rod for this, at least he is in one way or another trying to hold his players accountable, air quote, air quote, by saying, look, you guys played awfully. And this has got to change. So hopefully, maybe that's something that is starting to <laughs> cut, like call for accountability. I don't know. Well, uh, That was just like mega devil's advocate on that one.
1: Um. Yeah, Liberty's running back had 23 carries. Yeah, that's... Uh, Notably more than a five. Notably more, and you know, of course, we were, you no, know, we were up early, but then we somehow got down big later. Obviously, that's a passing situation, but you need to mix in some rushing plays every now and then, you know, to get on schedule with the sticks and so forth. Otherwise, you will have to punt. Uh, I would like which to... we did a lot. Of. We we did do a lot. So maybe if you don't want to punt so much. Give your running back more than three carries all game. Johnny Linehan might <laughs> I I disagree. That.
3: <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> Linahan. Johnny Linehan wants to be the leading rusher on this team. Yes. fourth and 19. Uh, I would like to say something. Okay. Uh, it is about the run play, and I will be saying it to A-Rod uh, in this moment. All right. A-Rod, this is directly to you about the run game. Do it. Do it now. That's it. That's all I had to say. I hope that <laughs> I came through. Yeah, you probably didn't do that. Um, I'm just saddened mightily by this BYU football team. We do not have any uh, fight from the players. Uh, yep. The fact that a said it the way he did, I, I get what he was trying to do, I think. Um, it seemed like he was just blaming the entire game on the players, Yeah, which I also do not like. That is not... A good culture, I don't think. I don't think that's a good look. I think we can all say. Um, I don't know. Anyway, let's just kind of tie up a bow on this game. Bowl eligibility, I think, is the biggest question on everybody's mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is this BYU team bowl eligible? Obviously, like, not yet. But are they a team that is going to go to a bowl game? Still got Utah Tech left on the schedule. That's about a – 50-50
0: 50-50 shot at a win That should get us to 5 Let me tell you this Okay, We still have to play East Carolina at home on a Friday So, weekday game They're red hot And red most hot. analytics platforms actually give East Carolina a 55% chance of winning this game Yeah,
1: not a, not a guaranteed win by any means Not
0: a guaranteed win Then we play at Boise never a guaranteed win. L
1: yes. Boise are now in the Mountain West where they are. They're 5-2, yeah. rattled off four straight wins, four straight. They're 4-0 in the Mountain West. Yeah.
0: Then we got Utah Tech as mentioned, 50-50. And then we play Stanford who is literally giving away free tickets. Yeah. for people <laughs> to come watch their games. That. So that might be a bit of an issue for BYU. So my answer to this is we'll go 6
1: and 6. Yeah. I'm kind of hopeful for six and six. Like at six and six, I would be happy at this point. Yeah, because I could see five and seven, and no bowl.
3: Yeah, I I could definitely see five and seven.
1: Six and six and five and seven kind of seem equally likely to me. Hmm. So we'll just have to see you know, which way it goes. I mean, let's be honest. Winning one
3: of the next four game or two of the next four games, one of the next three FBS opponents. It's basically a coin toss. We all agree? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it literally is a coin toss whether or not we're going to win. I don't know. Um. Last thing, do we need to do a reality check for BYU football fans? Because yes, as yes. football is <laughs> okay, well, let's do it. Two quick guesses. I, I got a reality check for you. <laughs> okay, let's do quickies. it. Here's some fun stats from our I, last. I'm going to put on my brave face. Okay,
0: he's putting on his brave face. All right. Uh, some fun stats from our last three games. Okay. This is per Greg Rebell and a couple other sources on Twitter. Third down conversion. We have converted 13 of our 33 first down attempts. That's bad. Our opponents have completed 70% of their third down conversions. (laughs) We average 15 minutes, a full quarter less of of possession per game than our opponents.
3: Yikes.
0: We average 22 less plays a game than our opponents. We average a full yard less than our opponents. We are giving up 7.3 yards per play. We average 11 first downs less per game than our opponents over these last three games. And in the last three games, we have only forced four total punts. Four Tons punts totally in three, three games.
2: games.
0: <laughs> I kid you not. Oh, my. And to top that all off, do you know how many yards per game we are allowing? Uh, 526. Oh, baby. It's more than that. It is... 562. (laughs) We are allowing 562 yards per game. So, yeah, BYU needs a reality check. Uh, This is, unfortunately, not a good team. Things did not work out well. I have some takes on to why that might be that I'll maybe save for a little bit longer unless you guys want me to get into it now. But, uh, yeah, uh,
1: this is not a great team. Just live with it. Yeah, reality check. We're not a playoff team. We're not a New Year's 6 team. On a, on a good year, we can be, you know, a solid ranked team. Maybe finish in the top 25. 9-3. and three. On a good year. This was not a good year, and we all see what happened. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I personally have had to change my expectations about BYU football as a program. Where their ceiling is, where their floor is. I thought their ceiling was much higher than it was, and I thought their floor was also higher than it was. Yes, yes, I agree. I'm learning that our floor is... Maybe subterranean at times. <laughs> Another big word there, big word podcast. But yeah, we're not Alabama. We're not Clemson. We're not. Hmm, That's a good middle, middle ground. We are not. Iowa. Wisconsin. Ooh. We, Definitely not. We <laughs> are not. Oh, we both are not Big Ten West. Teams? Are we Rutgers? We're probably. I think we're a step above Rutgers. We're, we're above Rutgers. We're yeah. Cal, Maryland. We're probably worse than Maryland at this point. I don't at, know. at this point, I'm Our, feeling I'm feeling down on BYU. You can probably say, tell we lost to Cal the last couple times we played them, so we're not even Cal. Stanford, maybe. That's I a good comparison. Like Stanford, they can get hot some years. They can also be really bad. Yeah, that's I feel like how we are. Uh, I think Stanford is a good comparison here, um, because
3: you have Andrew Luck. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey that came through, a great quarterback and a great running back. Yep. And they led Stanford to national relevance, even okay. in the Rose Bowl, right? Yes. Um, what happened to BYU? We were mediocre ever since Max Hall left. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Um, and then came along Zach Wilson and Tyler Algier, a really good running back and a really good quarterback. Yeah. And we went on two 10-win seasons, lost to UAB in a bowl game notably. Um, and now we're back to square one uh, with 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 BYU football. Um, I think our ceiling is in a court. My, my ceiling is in accordance with your ceiling. Okay. I think we are very much like Maryland as well, where we can get hot sometimes and then absolutely stinker it up the rest of the games. Um, I, I think for BYU fans, like Lavelle said to me in a dream, we need to set our expectations as make a bowl game and then win a bowl game. I think that, is more than like that. That that should be our ceiling. That should be our expectation every year. Um, and if it, anything more than six wins is candy or a cherry on top.
0: All right. Do you know who else needs a reality check, really quick? Preston Hadley, uh, defensive ends slash hybrids coach at BYU. The freaking idiot got up over the stand and said that uh, BYU would not be changing its recruiting philosophy going into the Big 12. It would instead. Keep going the way they're going and not, quote, chase stars. Hmm. Now, tell me, how has that been going for us? When we literally have the worst defensive ends in the nation year after year after year after year, you're saying, hey, you know that recruiting strategy that got us to a 41-14 loss versus Liberty? Let's continue that in the Big 12. Yep. That sounds like a great
3: idea, right? Wrong. Wrong. Honestly, just hire us to recruit. We'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I don't think Preston Hadley has that much say over recruiting, <laughs> as far as I know. That's true. So I don't know how much to trust that statement. Um, but, let's be honest. This is just BYU's ceiling, yep. right? We're, yep. we're, we're going to get a gem every 10 years, every, you know, who knows how many. We, we might catch lightning in a bottle every 10 years, but for now, exactly. it's just make a bowl game,
1: win a bowl game. Yeah, I think that's better for my mental health as well. Yeah. If we, we we can all make, make me live longer, mm. get fewer gray hairs or more hairs in yep. general. Hey, that stay that's, on, that's mean, hairs. Daniel. <laughs> no, wasn't targeted uh, at anyone in particular <laughs> on this podcast. Um, uh, let's
3: l- let me do a little thought exercise just to wrap things up. Okay. Yes. Post 2019. Yeah. Skip 2020 and 2021. Okay. Insert 2022. Okay are we at all surprised? Are we at all angry? Are we at all mad? Like, what, Realistically, if we didn't have the last two years, I think we'd be sitting at this point being like, eh, you know, hopefully we can make a bowl game. Like, yeah. I, I honestly don't think we'd be that mad. I think it's because we had those two special years last year that we are so angry and so down on this BoU team now because we know the ceiling of this talent, right? The talent we have on this team is incredible, but yeah. we're, not, we're not going to be able to win games if we can't put it all together, which Obviously we have it. Um, but coming after 2019, we didn't really have that vision of Kalani's ceiling. And so I think this season in and of itself is not
1: terrible. It's just bad considering the last two years. Yeah, I that's agree. Fair. And yeah, it's not good look for coaches to go backwards. I, it's never good. <laughs> that's a great point point, <laughs> and Daniel. that's what's happened this year. <laughs> but yeah any other thoughts about this game is bad.
0: Uh let's move on before I jump off a bridge. I yeah. want to
1: forget it. <laughs> me too.
0: Let's just say that. And let's talk about the rest of college football. How about that?
3: Uh let me just say I love college football because no matter what happens to BYU, there's always something that we can latch onto. It it is the most beautiful sport in the world. Um and let's just should we just kick it off, y'all? Let's kick it off. Play the music.
5: We head to the state, known far and wide by BYU fans. For many a reason, misery, where the Van Russia comrades were taking on the Mizupi Tigers. In a battle of bottomless pits of suctum, the two opponents were duking it out more ferociously than two debaters from opposite political parties. The scoring for Vandy started off wacky and wild when C.J. Taylor jumped over a blocker like BYU coaches jump over responsibility. Stealing the football and taking it three yards for it. Even that wildness was not enough to propel the commies into victory, as the Misaki Tigers took home a 17-14 victory.
4: Next, we head to Colorado, where the Air Force Academy hosted the Broncos from Boise, the city. City. Mm. Not state. True that, Boise got off to a hot start like OJ's Bronco on the (laughs) I-5, and made the Falcons play like some air force through my behind, <laughs> taking a 19-7 lead into halftime. The Boise City's escape vehicle must have gotten a flat tire, however, as they never scored again. But Air Force only scored seven points for themselves, and the away team held on to a 19-14 W. On to Stagnant Water, Oklahoma, in Boom Bacon Stadium, where Spencer Sand and his booters
3: led the more than okay state and the refs mm-hmm. against Steven Sarkisian and the Texas Bebos. Harley Quinn Ewers and the Texas offense plummeted like suicide squad reviews, going only 19 of 49 for oh. two titleys, three picks, and three of seventeen on third downs. That's worse than BYU boom. Can you oh. believe that? Is that even possible? That that is possible. Wow. Uh, good to see the Big 12 is sending Texas off right. Uh, with the refs throwing 14 flags on the bugs while throwing zero on the Arthur Morgans. Good heavens. In the end, Texas is not back, falling 41-34 to 34 at the hands of the poke folk. We head to
5: Waco Dejas, where some bears were fighting some weird blue bird thingies for control of Big 12 mediocrity. Kansas overthought its helmet decals and ended up getting too cute, allowing Jeff Grimey to score five touchdowns, which according to Aaron Roddick, is peak per offensive performance. Ugh. Blake was not shaping as he threw the ball to the other team a grand total of two times. I'm no expert, Boom, but that's not good. No. In the end, Kansas was sickened by to buy their helmet decal changeup, losing 35-23 to the Bears.
4: Next, we head to Dirth Valley, where the Orange Men were the world's last line of defense between Clemson and yet another undeserved college football playoff appearance. DJ Ukulele was out of tune early getting benched in the third quarter after his fourth turnover of the game. The world was feeling good about their chances in this one. That is until the referees remembered the check awaiting them <laughs> signed by a completely random person named Babbo Hwinney. Mm-hmm. Backup QB Klubnik balled out and the refs bailed out Clemson time and time again, handing them a comeback victory on a silver platter. 27-21. to Gosh dang it! Over in Norfolk, Vagina, we oh. arrive at Sunbelt Supremacy Skirmish, where
3: the fighting burrito throwers took on the fighting Tyler Heinekees. Yes! The more relevant war eagles rendered the monarch's dominion youthful, Aww. running 50 times for 223 yards and three doodlies. O-do's clean, sky-blue unis joined forces with the BYU specialty uniforms and cursed them into the shadow realm, giving ga
5: the
4: 28-23
5: victory. We head to the birthplace of college football, where the Scarlet Knights were getting carried away in Piscataway. Way. The Indiana, who are the Azers came into this game with their battering rams, trebuchets, and other medieval siege war machines to storm the Piscata Castle. But they were unsuccessful, as Noah the Draw completed a whopping Fifty percent of his passes. That's got to be a record for Rutgers. Booming. Good heavens! The Scarlet Knights prove that they are now out of a Rutgers as they send Indiana packing with a 24-17 l. The Hoosiers become the first FBS program to reach 700
4: program losses.
2: Yay! Yeah.
4: <laughs> Next, we head to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and the only Death Valley, where go Tigers! Hosted an Old Mrs. like their former coach, Ed (laughs) overall. Old Mrs. demanded piety early, jumping out to a 17-13 lead. However, Jaden Daniels was getting praised like he just got a brand new pair of white vans. And the Tiger defense shouted, You're not my mom! And held the Old Mrs. scoreless in the second half. Louisiana State ran away with this one and jumped up to number 18 in the rankings simply because they're an SEC team who beat another wildly overrated SEC team. LSU 45, Ole Miss 20. Classic. Way to bring back Vine, Boom. Thank you. Next up, we head down the road to Orleans, Louisiana, where the state's best team is on an absolute tear. The Green Wave of Saint-Denis swallowed up the Memphis Kitty Cats like they were an innocent bystander in Sharknado 3. Huh? Deuce Watts caught the tight trains, only
3: touchdown of the pass. Or only, only touchdown pass of the game. Hit the gritty with a teammate and didn't even get a second glance from the referee. What? Come on, Wyoming refs! Get with the program! Anyway, wave hello to the best G5 team in the country an absolute wagon, your three-time SEC champions,
4: the Tolene Green Wave, who beat Memphis 38-28. We head to the O. Oh. H-I-O
5: State University, Otherwise known as the alma mater Of At Just A Stroke Doc Where the fighting Ferrantes And their high powered nothing Were taking on CJ Mark Stroud and the Buckeyes They love that one When -hmm. I checked my phone Saturday morning I saw that Iowa had scored a touchdown And I said Turns out it was a defensive touchdown Checks out, boom I was scared for my life for a moment Anyway Iowa sucks like always, and Ohio State continues its domination of the Big Ten
4: West with a 54-10 victory. Up next, we head to none other than Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville, East Carolina. Not just just talking TTYP. UCF quarterback Johnny Rice Plumlee should probably stick to plumbing. Oh, oh, got him there. As he (laughs) threw for zero, (laughs) Tuttleys. And three ints. Oh my. While also losing another fumble. Oh, that's four over. Boom! The Pirates started spooky season early, dominating the Space Knights and striking immense fear into their next opponents, who may or may not be an LDS school from Provo. Huh. Eastern Carolina Una sent UCF. <laughs> ECU <laughs> sent. <laughs> I don't know what I just said. <laughs> sent UCF up <laughs> into the Big 12 <laughs> with a series <laughs> clinching l 34 to 13. Over to Stick High, where the Stamford Bridges made of
3: trees played host to their bitter rival, the Heat. Oh. Sparky sparked the Sun Devils out to a 14-6 halftime lead. However, the Cardinal that is not the Vatican kind came out to play in the second half, kicking three more field goals. Hmm. Impressive. Ass you had a final shot to win the game, but in classic Pac-12 Rough Show fashion, had a b-b-b-beautiful catch overruled that cost them the game. Stanford Field Goals Arizona State to death 15 to 14 creating a nightmarish scenario
5: for BYU fans come late November We head to the (laughs) Pacific North Dumb where the Oregon corkscrew genitalias were taking on the teenage bears of a You had to ask yourself was the Pac-12 going to stop screwing itself over with the cannibalism and allow one of its team to go through conference play unbeaten and make the college football playoff Nope the Pac-X strikes again Puddles at all. Beat the brakes off the Chip Kelly's, handing him another loss at the hand of the Ducks. Oregon wins
4: it, 45 to 30. Yeesh. Next, we head to the Alamo Dome, we had a battle reminiscent of that Alamo, oh, with North Texas facing off against Texas San Antonio. Wow. Ah. Forget it. Boom. It was 13 to 10 going into the fourth quarter, when things exploded like one of them cartoon Roadrunners tricks against Wiley e. Coyote the team's training jabs like a Looney Tunes special. UTSA's Frank Harris threw a last second totally to Decorion Clark. Excuse me, what boom? Decorion Clark. Thank you. Propelling the Roadrunners to a 31-27 victory. Finally, we end with the Hypnoto!
3: (laughs) Kansas State waltzed into Fort Warts and took a quick 28-10 lead. But Max dug in his heels in the second half and willed the Horny Frogs to a sensual 21-0 performance, Ooh. climaxing in another wild post by the TCU social media team, who is actually hotter than the football team, if you ask me. Sure did. It's Always Sunny in Dykes Adelia improves to 8-0, nice. with college football playoff hopes being crushed by a biased CFP committee on the
4: horizon. Final from Hide Your Frogs from Billy Footballville. 38 to 28.
1: And scene. Beautiful. Nice.
3: My throat hurts. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else hurt my throat? Watching Clemson. Oh. I was so mad at that game. Frustrating. Clemson, they do this every every week, honestly. Yep. They play terribly turn the ball over, give their opponent a million chances to win, even give up a lead most of the game, and then at the end of the game, the refs just come out with their birthday cake with 115 candles on it, Uh and just let them blow out the candles one by one, walk them into the end zone, and say, see you later to whatever SEC school had them on the ropes that week. It is so frustrating! But now we have to ask ourselves, is Clemson a shoo-in for the playoff? Who's gonna beat them? That was their last test, wasn't it? It was their last test. They do play South Carolina who beat mm-hmm. Texas A&M. Yeah, they're Texas warming A&M up and a Clemson uh, comparable. Does Notre Dame get frisky? Uh they Notre they, Dame, you never know. They mm-hmm. play Clemson style of football, right? Could happen. Same I though they I, I don't they know. did
0: finally bench DJ
3: Ungalunga Boonga Ukalele Yes, that's the one again. Uh, I don't know if he's like bench-benched or if that was just an in-game thing. For no. his psyche. Once Dabo does it, he does it. I, I I, don't know. Dabo's first thing that he came out and said in his press conference was, this is still DJ's team. He's still a starting quarterback. But they just needed Cade K- Clubnik's help. So, I, does it matter, though? Interesting. Does it matter? Are I think they,
0: like it's better than DJ I 100% um, agree. Yeah.
1: I 100% agree. I just don't so, know if anybody's going to beat him. Yeah, we're kind of grasping me at Grasping at straws here, being like, oh, maybe South Carolina. Oh, maybe Notre Dame will beat them. I think the truth is they have a very easy path the rest of the way. You know, not guaranteed, Mm -hmm. but they're in the ACC. What can we expect? True.
0: Yeah, and then in the ACC championship game, they get their choice. Uh, Guess who the top two teams in the ACC Coastal are?
3: I know North Carolina is one of them. North Carolina.
0: The next is a two-way tie between Georgia Tech and Duke.
4: (laughs) What?!
2: Yep. What?
0: Yep. Georgia Tech and Duke. Georgia Tech and Duke, both of which are two
3: and two. Oh Pitt my. one and
0: two. Miami one and two. Virginia <laughs> one and three. Virginia Tech one and three.
3: <laughs> that is embarrassing. Yeah. So so Clemson's schedule is at Notre Dame. Uh, they get a bye week this week, and then they play at Notre Dame. So where Marshall won at Notre Dame. True. <laughs> Um. Also, Stanford won at Notre Dame. Yep, yep. So I don't think that's too hard for Clemson. Um. And then they play Louisville, Miami, South Carolina, all at home. I don't think I think they're a shoe in which is unfortunate, but I think it's true. And then perhaps Georgia Tech and Duke, or Duke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I guess fingers crossed for UNC. Yes. I mean them. USC
3: has a good offense, right? They they do not have a defense. It's worse than BYU's. Well. <laughs> Not in, in some I would, metrics, I wouldn't say they're worse anymore. <laughs> um. So how does that kind of shape out the the college football playoff race, right? Because you have Ohio State and Michigan. I think whoever wins that game is going to the playoff, right? Yeah. So that's one spot. You got Clemson. That's two spot. Yep. Whoever wins the SEC, that's three spot. Yep. Then you have a Big Twelve winner possibly. Uh huh. Oregon perhaps. You I would, have no, not Oregon. You have whoever loses the SEC championship game plus. Tennessee slash Georgia, whichever one didn't make it, to the SEC championship game. Like, I think there's going to be eight teams that will have a shot, a legitimate shot, at making the playoff. And I I don't know. Like, I think three spots are pretty well bought out in the Clemson, Ohio State, and the SEC winner. But yeah, those other ones, I have to – it pains me to say it, but I think it might be another SEC school. No,
0: I, I don't think so.
3: If TCU yeah. wins
0: out, I do think TCU gets the Yes.
3: I think if they're undefeated, guaranteed, If right? they win out. If they lose one game, the one-loss SEC team will absolutely get in over TCU. So say Georgia beats Tennessee or Tennessee beats Georgia. And then Alabama beats whoever it is, right? And so you have a one-loss non-conference champ Tennessee versus a one-loss conference champ TCU. In, in my opinion, after watching the CFP committee through all these years, I think they're going to take Tennessee. Yeah. I don't think they'll take TCU even though TCU – will have played a better league schedule and maybe not have the top quality wins, but we'll have more, like, top 30 wins than, and a conference championship than Georgia. But I, don't, I don't know. Yeah.
1: I think I'd be pleasantly surprised if there were only one SEC team. But we will know more about it when the first playoff rankings come out next week. <gasps> November next 1st, week? Tuesday. Yo! That's when the first playoff rankings are out. We will see... How the committee actually feels about you know those big three SEC teams, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, the Big Twelve teams, and maybe Pac Twelve. Although I think there's they have the less of chance than any other conference to get in.
3: Yeah, I agree. Do you
1: think the Pac Twelve has a chance? Their one
3: chance for a guaranteed spot was UCLA, and they lost obviously, mm-hmm. so not anymore. Um, but between so let's say UCLA wins out goes to the Pac-12 championship game, beats Oregon again, or Oregon wins out, wins Pac-12. Do you think either of those teams have a shot?
0: Mm. In my opinion, there's only one team that has a shot, and it's none of those. Oh. If USC (laughs) wins out. Okay. And then beats, like, they do not play Oregon, but they do play UCLA. And then they'll probably play Oregon. And then they play Notre Dame, which Notre Dame sucks, but it's still a brand game. And then they play Oregon. In that scenario, maybe they sniff the college football playoff, but I don't think they get in.
3: Mm. Yeah, brand power.
0: It's all about the brand. That's all the CFP cares that's, about. That's Ravens.
3: true. That is very true. Um, Oregon, though, I, they look heads and shoulders the best team in the Pac-12 right now. But yeah. if they win out, I don't know if that's enough to overcome their 49-3 to shellacking. What I want to see, I want to see Oregon-Georgia uh, rematch in a semifinal game. I fun. think that would be fantastic. Be interesting. Yeah, right, be Say Georgia wins out, beats Alabama, beats Tennessee. I think that would be awesome because I think that game, you play it at an actual neutral site, not in Georgia's backyard 20 minutes down the not road, Atlanta. Yeah. and you have Bo Nix and Dan Lanning a full season to adjust to each other and their new situations. I think Oregon has a better shot in that game. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just scared that CFP committee is just going to put Oregon at like number 12 when the new rankings <laughs> come out.
0: It's <laughs> going to happen. Oregon has to win out to make the playoff. Or, yeah. Sorry, Oregon has to be undefeated to make the playoff. Otherwise, I just don't think their brand and alumni base is big enough.
3: Mm. Going a little conspiracy. I think. I, like
1: it. I believe you. Full conspiracy. <clears throat> I think it helps that you know UCLA was a big win for Oregon, mm-hmm. at least in terms of ranking. Right. Um, they're four zero in the Pac-12. They they have Utah, That'll which be, can give them a little boost. Yeah. And then they have the Pac-12 championship. Will that be enough to get them in if they win out? Mm, I would hope so. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, it'd but be fun. Sure. Realistically speaking, it's definitely not a guarantee. Right. And it's a lot easier for you know maybe a second or third SEC team to get in than that.
3: I I, I agree. agree. I think they they do not control their own destiny. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to hear a fun fact? Let's hear. It. Say Utah wins out and beats Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oregon wins out besides that, and USC wins out besides that. okay, mm. USC and Oregon, though they had both lost to Utah, would both go to the Pac-12 championship game over Utah oh. because they would be in a three-way tie, and the next biggest tiebreaker is common opponents, which would be UCLA, that Oregon and UC- USC have both beaten, and Utah <laughs> lost to. That's glorious. Are we now rooting for this scenario? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yes, we are heck yes we are
3: Utah wins out beats both of the teams in the pac 12 championship game but doesn't get to go <laughs> that would be so fun I'm sorry that's too funny that is too funny that's incredible <laughs> um, do you guys have any thoughts on, on college football any questions uh, that we can help the fans out with
1: mm. let's see here
3: I think one of them for me the big 12 yeah TCU yeah can they actually go undefeated they are kind of the Big 12's hope at, like, everybody's been talking about how the Big 12 is the most competitive conference. They're the most top-to-bottom, the best conference, but they don't have that playoff contender. Is TCU that? Can they go undefeated, make the playoff? Can they compete at a higher level? Yes.
1: Yeah. They've got West Virginia. Okay. Texas Tech. Win. Texas. Yeah, Easy frisky. win. Frisky. Baylor. Also Frisky. And Iowa State. Their hardest games were Kansas State, which they won, Oklahoma State, which they won, Kansas, which they won, Oklahoma, which they won. The worst is behind TCU. Mm-hmm. They've got you know a few frisky games, but I think they're in the driver's seat to win out and probably win the Big 12. I
0: agree because they have the power of hypno, Hypnotode on their side. Of course. Yes. But I will say my one rebuttal would be they do play at Texas and at Baylor back to back.
3: And those are probably the two hardest games left on their schedule.
1: Yeah.
0: They have already had their bye week. They do not have a bye before any of that. They play
3: 29th, 5th, 12th, 19th, and 26th.
1: Yes, that's true.
3: That's, that's pretty rough. They yeah. had their bye, bye week pretty early on, and the Texas or the Oklahoma State game and the Kansas State game, they had massive comebacks in. And so I think it's a good thing they get West Virginia and Texas Tech. Texas Tech is very frisky, um, but they get West Virginia next, who they should beat handily. I think TCU is sneaky really good. I think I th- so, too. I think uh, they're uh, actually really good. Like, I they agree. may not have, like, the juggernaut offense or juggernaut defense, but the team has fight, dude. They have what BYU doesn't have, right? And- hypnotote. I- <laughs> BYU needs <laughs> <That's> a, <hypno-cougar. laughs> dude, no, I a hypnotoad. Not have a hypnotote. But I-, I honestly think this team can't compete. If they can win out... And go to the playoff, I think they can compete in the playoff. I don't think it'll be a blowout no matter who they play. But
1: it's just whether they can remain unscathed through these last couple games on their schedule. Yeah. And if they do win out, I do think they will make the playoff. I, I Unlike would. any Pac-12 team.
3: Yes. They would have almost a guaranteed spot, you would think, right? An yes. undefeated conference I would, champ. I would hope so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we it would is, hope so. It's always impossible to tell, but that ma- that would make sense to me. Undefeated Big 12 champ.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Any more thoughts?
3: Uh, all right. Is it luck or is it something more? Mm. It's the Hypnotode. It's the Hypnotode. That's my last thought. It's the Hypnotode. We need to get Hypnotode t shirts. Like Steve Alex was wearing. Yeah. We need to get
1: those. I'll get one. Uh, Dan, any parting thoughts from you? Um, nothing else. it's good, you know, college for boss fun. I would say so, yes. It's fun. Overall, BYU is not good. But college football is still fun. Yeah. And that's okay. And, you know, fun is fun. Fun is fun. That's I like it. that. That's a good yeah. thought,
3: Danny. Fun is fun. Uh, I like that BYU is playing on a Friday night this week. Uh, yeah. So that we can enjoy a full Saturday of college football without having to worry about the result. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Because if BYU loses, it'll be like a clean the pallet. The boiled ginger, you know, in between sushi bites. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if BYU wins, then we just get to spend all Saturday reveling in the fact that we won, and we get to watch other teams play football. I don't know. I'm excited.
0: I'm excited, too.
3: And I'm also excited for the BYU game because I literally don't know what's going to happen. That's kind of fun with this <laughs> right? true. At I the same time, you know exactly what's going to happen. You know the defense is going to suck, and the offense is going to sputter at times and go three and out in the first drive. But at the same time you know where the potential is. And so there could be a chance that lightning strikes and we win a football game. Who knows? Find out next time on
0: Royal... Actually, I guess not next time, and two times.
3: On the Royal Strong (laughs) and
0: True Podcast. Thank you everybody for joining us for this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are very glad that you decided to join us, rant with us, with this very therapeutic uh, session of... You know like when they like let you go in those rooms and they just give you a baseball bat and you just like smash things. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what we did here today. Yeah. yeah. And I feel good about it.
3: Yeah. You know, no hard feelings? No. We love BYU. We just we we are BYU fans. Okay? We're not the BYU fans like some guy on Twitter that came back from the game saying this is great. Our team's happy and we're all good and we'll push through it and remember the gospel. You know, we For are the you. kind of teams that are going to tear our team apart and then go to the game on Saturday. I saw a Reddit post from a Nevada fan who's like, I don't know why I watch anymore. <laughs> that being said, see you guys next week. That is us, right? Exactly. Are, That's us. We are BYU fans, okay? We love the team. We hate it when it when it, when it it plays poorly, but we love it. And we're coming back to the well again and again. This therapy session was great. I, I, I
0: have nothing left to add to that. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LoyalToRoyalPod. Check out our website, Royalsrongandtrue.com. We'll see you on Friday. Thank you. Goodbye now. Do it. Rock, 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 rock.